Welcome to the A Catholic Life Podcast. I am Matthew, the author of A Catholic Life, welcoming you to episode 33 of the A Catholic Life Podcast. In today's episode on the 18th Sunday after Pentecost, I address the following topics. First, um, we, as we enter the month of October, I address October as the month of the Holy Rosary, and I also mention the very specific required prayer to St. Joseph that has been ordered to be said after the conclusion of our rosaries during the month of October. In addition to that, I also go over the upcoming feast days this week, with specific attention paid to the upcoming feast of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. But before we dive into those two topics... I would like to stop and thank the sponsor for today's episode. This episode is again proudly sponsored by CatechismClass.com. CatechismClass.com is the leader in online Catholic catechism classes, offering everything from online children's K-12 through catechism classes to RCAA classes for adults, adult continuing education for those wanting to learn more about the faith that they feel they were never taught, along with marriage preparation, baptismal preparation for parents or godparents, confirmation prep, quinceanera preparation classes, catechist training courses, and so much more. It is never too late to study the fullness of the Catholic faith, and catechismclass.com is the gold standard in authentic Catholic formation online. Please visit catechismclass.com today. On to the first topic of today's episode, I would be remiss if I did not mention the importance of this month of October as dedicated to the Holy Rosary. Now, in addition to the various days of the week, each really being devoted in its own particular way to a certain uh, mystery, perhaps of our Lord's life, for instance, Friday is always devoted to the Passion, Thursday we know is devoted to the Last Supper in the institution of the priesthood, etc., the same can be said for all other days of the week. Now, months are also devoted to certain intentions as well. Many of you are likely already familiar that September was dedicated as the month of Our Lady of Sorrows. And in addition to this, June is often uh, well known as devoted to the Sacred Heart, and July devoted to Our Lord's Precious Blood. Now, October is another very popular month. It is devoted to the Most Holy Rosary. Now, regarding the Holy Rosary, this is what Pope Pius XI said, quote, The Rosary is a powerful weapon to put the demons to flight and to keep oneself from sin. If you desire peace in your homes, in your country, assemble each evening to recite the Rosary. Let not even one day pass without saying it, no matter how burdened you may be with many cares and labors, end quote. Now, there's so much that can be said about the Holy Rosary. In fact, Pope Leo XIII wrote extensively a number of encyclicals dedicated only to the Holy Rosary. It's truly amazing how much the popes in prior times wrote and admonished the Rosary, how much the saints referred to it. I'll have a link in the show notes for those who want to learn more. There's different quotations from St. Louis de Montfort on the Rosary, on the value of the Rosary, on the importance of the Rosary for the Holy Souls in Purgatory, on the many miracles attributed to the Rosary, including the specific Rosary miracle at Hiroshima, how there were many Jesuits who were praying the Rosary when the atomic bomb went off, and they were literally spared when everyone else around them 
was uh, was uh, you know killed and everything was destroyed except not them in their home. So much can be said on the rosary. But the one thing I do want to say before moving on to the next topic is the importance to remember that Pope Leo XIII said that the prayer to St. Joseph, which starts, To thee, O blessed Joseph, do we have recourse in our afflictions. That particular prayer is to be said as part of devotions for the month of October after the completion of the rosary. And in fact, he added an indulgence of 300 days applicable to the souls in purgatory. Um, for the recitation of this prayer. So uh, I really hope everybody who listens and who is um, listening along here prays the rosary every single day. But please, in particular for October, remember to say that prayer. The link in the show notes is to an image of the prayer, which you can click on, you can print out, you can save it to your phone, you can put it on your refrigerator, but please take that and remember to say it every single day, especially in October, for St. Joseph's protection, Pope Leo XIII, truly the Pope who did so much to promote the rosary, asked and admonished us to say this prayer, so let us not forget it. Now, moving on to the next topic, though, I'd like to go over the upcoming feast days this particular week. Now, October 1st this year is a Sunday, so he won't be celebrated, but on the universal calendar, it is the Feast of St. Remy. He became Bishop of Reims by popular acclaim in the year 459, the period when the Franks from Germany were overrunning Roman Gaul. He brought about the marriage of the pagan Clovis, the most powerful of the Frankish chieftains in Gaul, with Clotilia, a saintly Catholic princess. Clovis defeated invading hordes by invoking the god of his Christian wife and then himself turned to Christ. So on Christmas Day in the year 496, Bishop Remy baptized Clovis and with him won to the faith the future nation of France. This very much paved the way for the Carolingian dynasty and the foundation of Catholicism is the very core of Europe. And we have St. Remy to thank for that. Unfortunately, he, like so many other saints after Vatican II, has been entirely forgotten, but his contributions should not be forgotten. But I would be remiss if I did not also mention that in some places of the world, October 1st is also the feast day of St. Gregory the Illuminator. His feast day was set by Pope Gregory the Sixteenth in September 1837. He is the patron saint and the first official head of the Armenian Apostolic Church. He was responsible for converting Armenia from paganism to Christianity in the year 301, and the nation of Armenia was the very first nation that adopted Christianity as its state religion. St. Gregory first converted the king and with his support led massive people's movements to Christ. This was the first case where a king's conversion led to the conversion of a nation. It preceded by dozens of years Constantine's Edict of 313, whereby Christians were tolerated but paganism was not banned as it was in Armenia. Now, there are only a handful of Armenian Catholic churches in the United States. There are many more Armenian Orthodox in America, but we should invoke the patronage of St. Gregory the Illuminator today in particular to bring about a reconciliation with all those who have separated from the true Roman Catholic faith, especially those who have fallen into schism and to heresy. May St. Gregory the Illuminator, the true wonder worker, bring about this reconciliation. Now, October 2nd is a wonderful day, especially if you have children, as we recall the Feast of the Holy Guardian Angels. Now, Dom Geringer writes of this day, quote, Although the solemnity of September 29 celebrates the praises of all nine glorious choirs, yet the piety of the faithful in later ages desired to have a special day consecrated to the Guardian Angels. 
Several churches have taken the initiative and kept the feast under various rites and on different days. Paul V in 1608 authorized its celebration ad lib. Pope Clement X in 1670 established it by precept as a feast of double rite on October 2nd, the first free day after Michaelmas, on it the, which on which it thus remains in some way dependent, end quote. Now, after this work was written, Pope Leo XIII raised the feast to the rank of a greater double. Now, each of us has a specific guardian angel to watch over us day and night. This is mentioned by our Lord in Matthew 18.10, as well as Acts 12.15. We see reference to it in Psalm 34.7. But what do we do concerning them? Do we ask for their guidance daily, or do we ignore them? Every day when we rise to go about our day and make a morning offering, let us thank God for his mercy and pray to our guardian angel to protect our body and our soul in the day of head. Please take advantage of this, for we're not alone in this life. Our guardian angels are always with us. As stated in the Baltimore Catechism, quote, Our guardian angels pray for us, protect us and guide us, and offer our prayers and good works and desires to God, end quote. And each of our parishes and countries has its own individual guardian angel as well. So we should pray to these angels, the angels of our nation, of our diocese, of our of of um, all of our family members. Well, each of us has a specific guardian angel. Origen, writing in the year two hundred twenty-five A.D., said, "Quote: Every believer, although the humblest in the church." is said to be attended by an angel who the Savior declares always beholds the face of God the Father. Now this angel has the purpose of being his guardian, end quote. No matter how depressed we might feel at times, how alone we are, know that each one of us has a specific angel whose only purpose is to guard us, guide us, and help us get to heaven. And October 2nd is truly a reminder of this reality. Now, October 3rd in the traditional calendar is the Feast of St. Therese of Lisieux. Known as the Saint of the Little Fall Hour, as well as the greatest saint of modern times, she died at a young age in a monastery, but lived her short life with great love. She was born in 1873 to a watchmaker and a lacemaker. Her mother, the lacemaker, died when she was only four years old. Both of her parents were canonized in 2015. Now, St. Therese became a Carmelite nun at the age of 15. She described her simple path to sanctification and spirituality as the little way. Um, you can read her autobiography called Story of a Soul, as well as the book Maurice and Therese, a book of letters between St. Therese and a struggling young priest. She's the patron saint of France, missionaries, florists, and the concerns of children, to name a few. She has been called the greatest saint of modern times, and there are nearly a countless number of people claiming her intercession in their lives, including Mother Angelica, the foundress of EWTN, who always referred to her patronage as well. Countless number of miracles have been attributed to her. After all, Therese said that she wanted to spend her entire time in heaven doing good on earth. There's also a, a custom, a tradition, really, that those who invoke her intercession, their prayers are answered, that you will receive flowers as a sign that your prayers were heard and your intentions were granted. So, again, as a link in the show notes to the upcoming feast days this week, I highly suggest you click on that to read the traditional matins reading for her day, which go over her life in much more detail. Although she died at such a young age, and um, she was canonized um, only in the early 1900s, she really has so much to teach us, those of us who live in the world today, who might not be behind a monastery, but who struggle and who want to learn the little way to great sanctity in our own state of life. 
Now, October 4th is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, truly one of the most um, courageous saints of his time. He was great friends with St. Dominic. Um, he was not a priest, but a holy man uh, of God. He received the stigmata, whose uh, feast day we commemorate on September uh, 17th. Once Christ on a crucifixion of the church actually spoke to him, asking him to rebuild his church, which St. Francis ended up doing. His intense love of God one day even became a visible fire around his church when numerous people came and tried to put out and realize it was not a fire, but intense love that manifested itself. Now, St. Francis is often regarded as the patron saint of animals. Uh, he was not a vegetarian, but he specifically would not eat lamb because Christ identified himself with the lambs as the lamb of God. St. Francis said, quote, If you have men who will exclude any of God's creatures from the shelter of compassion and pity, you will have men who will deal likewise with their fellow men, end quote. Uh, so it's important to remember to concern for nature, concern for God's creation, that we should not reject caring for the environment or caring for animals simply because that might be something some liberals advocate. Um, we should, as Adam and Eve were instructed to care for God's creation, St. Francis taught us that we should do so as well. But St. Francis also taught us the importance of striving to convert others. He famously went to um, you know Muslim leaders to try to bring about their conversion. He understood that the salvation of souls ultimately was the most important thing. Uh, this week, for instance, we can also pray uh, the famous words that he say as he lie on the ground dying. He said, quoting Psalm 142, Lead me out of prison, O Lord, that I may give thanks to your name. One day we will have to answer to God for all of the sins of our life, as well as hopefully earn the reward for all the labors we've done, especially those that nobody knows about. Um, let us have his patronage in mind. We don't have to take a vow of poverty to, to strive to day by day um, have greater detachment to the things of the world. That's something we should keep in mind as well. Again, the link in the show notes has much more information regarding his life, which we simply don't have time to go over, as well as a link to a letter written by him that would be very appropriate reading material for October 4th, so please check that out. October 5th is the Feast of St. Placid uh, and his companions. St. Placid was born in Rome in the year 515, and at seven years of age was taken by his father to a Benedictine monastery of Subiaco, recently founded to be educated. At 13 years of age, he followed St. Benedict to a new foundation in Monte Cassino, where he grew up in practices of worldly austerity and innocence. Now, what famously happened is um, he was on an island that was attacked by Saracen pirates, uh, who had killed a great number of persons. They burned everything to the ground. Then they put a lingering death uh, not only to St. Placid, but 30 other monks who joined him, and also his two brothers, and his holy sister, uh, Flavia, who had come to visit him. The entire flotilla of invaders, though, perished when these barbarians left the island amid a sudden storm. Although they had a 100 ships and were about 16,800 people in number, not one ship or passenger survived after they uh, went to this island, attacked the monastery, slaughtered St. Placid and his companions. A religious who had escaped noticed what happened, and he wrote to St. Benedict an account of the massacre after burying the bodies of the martyrs. St. Placid was the first Benedictine martyr, and the monastery he was at of Messina, which was rebuilt not long afterwards, was henceforth known by his name. 
now uh, taken um, from the lives of the saints, from Butler's lives of the saints. Uh, the reflection for this particular day, he notes, is adversity is the touchstone of the soul because it makes manifest the degree of his virtue. One act of thanksgiving when matters go wrong is worth a thousand thanks when things please us. So understanding that we go over the lives of the saints, not just understand the historical context of them, but to have these kind of reflections, to have these kind of examples that we should have somebody to follow. It's not only an intellectual exercise, it truly is an exercise in sanctity. October 6th is a great saint to inspire sanctity. That's the Saint Bruno, who was born in the year 1030 in Cologne, Germany, to Saint Motilda, his mother, patroness, um, of Maud and a widow of King Henry I. Except St. Norbert, he is the only German having such an honor. St. Bruno became a priest, the founder of the religious order known as the Carthusians. His, uh, he achieved great fame as a professor of theology at Reims, but ultimately decided to live a life of complete solitude in prayer. After establishing a hermitage in Chartreuse in France, he attracted many followers. They led him to establish the first monastery of Carthusian monks, Pope Urban II called him to Rome, but later St. Bruno was able to establish a second monastery in Italy, and he died in the year 1101. Now, the Carthusian monasteries, is, is, the whole order, is known as the most austere order there is. They don't really talk. Maybe Christmas and Easter are the only times they talk, and they live their entire life in solitude, offering it up as a perpetual sacrifice. If you've seen the film Into Great Silence, that gives you a, a glimpse, and is on YouTube, some segments of it at least, so you can have an understanding of what even the you know modern Carthusians are doing, which is well above and beyond what many people think of monastic life. It truly is an extraordinary vocation. October 6th, please say a prayer for the Carthusian order to adopt again its own rite of mass, for it to really bring that greater uh, reverence and tradition, as well as for all men who have joined the ranks of the Carthusian order, who have literally left everything to follow Christ, may they grow in sanctity day by day, because they're praying for us right now. We often don't think about all those in religious orders who've given so much and who give their whole life, like St. Therese, to pray for souls. The Carthusians are praying for us now. Let us return thanks to God, and let us pray for them. And October 7th, is the Feast of the Most Holy Rosary. October 7th is the anniversary of the Glorious Victory in 1571 when the Christian forces overcame the Turkish fleet at Lepanto. This triumph of the cross over the crescent was universally attributed to the powerful intercession of the Mother of God, whom Pope St. Pius V fervently invoked with rosary in hand and to whom the prayers of all Christendom were addressed. Two years after this great favor had been obtained, Pope Gregory XIII instituted an annual Feast of Thanksgiving to be celebrated on the first Sunday of October in all churches where an altar in honor of the Blessed Virgin of the Rosary had been erected. From being a local festival, this celebration gradually spread and became universal until Pope Leo XIII raised it to a rank of double of the second class for the whole church. As mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, the rosary is something we should pray each and every day, and we should especially make an effort on October 7th not to just pray five decades of the rosary, but all 15 mysteries to offer it up to God through the intercession of Our Lady, and thanking God that He has given the means of the rosary to us as a means to meditate on the mystery of our Lord's life, as well as a means of bringing about salvation and victory. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have a most blessed week. 
Again, thank you for your support, and let us strive for greater holiness this and every week. Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam. Quid olis peccatamus?